Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I should have cleared my throat before we went on the air. I apologize profusely, everybody. Eric Provoznik with you here on All Over the Place. Welcome back, everybody. And we're going to be going at it straight at Hollywood yet again. We just cannot stop talking about these guys. Jim, what's going on in Hollywood with all well, the reboots? Yep. Well, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody. Uh, yeah, we can't stop talking, talking about them because they can't stop shoveling it out at us. So uh, they give us new material every week, it seems like. <laughs> well, new material by recycling old material. So, yes, irony, as we like to say here via William Shatner and Airplane 2, can be pretty ironic sometimes. And good morning. Good afternoon, Mr. Martin Zamora. Welcome back, George Jefferson. Standby. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. So, yeah, we're... we're, we're time travel yeah who can how appropriate with quantum leap on about to be discussed a little bit later on so uh i'm i'm we're bringing this up because night court is set to reboot tomorrow night tuesday or i guess depending on whenever you're listening this tuesday january 17th of 2023 and we've already had quantum leap which has been on the air for a little while and nbc who just can't seem to get enough of this stuff. The Magnum PI is switching over from CBS to NBC. And uh, pretty soon in the headlights, uh, the summertime headlights, we've got a justified continuation, a Raylan Givens story, Justified City Primeval. And we'll, we'll discuss that one a little bit later. But let's let's go with Night Court first because we, we've got a, a show, uh, unfortunately, we've lost three of the main characters off that one, but they've got it coming in uh, with the daughter of Judge Harry Stone is going to be the lead on this one. And it also has uh, Dan Fielding coming back, John Larroquette's character. Is that enough to, to restart a show, which was just so awesome way back when? Well, I think it comes down to the writing. Uh, I mean, you have... Uh, Laura Kett's not enough by himself, but he's pretty awesome. And if he got good writing. Well, the guy didn't win a bunch of Emmys for nothing, but, but, but and you're absolutely right. All always comes down to the writing, but this show can't much like, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but can it survive in today's climate? And Laura Kett's already come out and said, you know, Dan Fielding's character is an anachronism now. And, or, or can we maybe expect something? where they're going to go against the grain and let him be what, what he once was. And just that lascivious guy, womanizing well, person. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a huge fan of the original show. I grew up with that show. It's one of my sure. favorites. Harry Anderson, RIP man, loved him. He was awesome. Um, I, you know, I've seen some clips from this new show that involve Larroquette's character. He is definitely, the the best thing about it from what i can see the most talented he's you know still got his comic timing down um but from what i've seen they i don't think they're really going to do his character justice like you said he's really an anachronism especially in the in the 2020s and from what i've seen his character is like i mean it's i mean she the, the clip i've seen is where is where harry is where harry's daughter goes to see him and he's like uh, I hate to I hate to make this comparison, but he's like Luke Skywalker at the beginning of Last Jedi. He's this completely broken down old man living in a ratty apartment. He's been divorced and dumped and has no 
no prospects. He's just completely given up on life. And of course he needs this, this woke woman to come into his life and reinvigorate purpose. Uh, I don't know if the whole show is going to be like that. That's just the part that I saw, but I mean, it, it doesn't bode well considering what we've seen in, in, in movies and TV uh, lately. It's pretty obvious that she's going to wear the pants in that, in that uh, on the show. And he's just going to kind of, you know, he's going to, he's going to be completely tamed and, and he's not going to really be his old feisty self in any meaningful way. Um, so, I mean, as, and as far as the original show goes, I mean, it was, it was actually pretty progressive politically, but in, but it was done in a, in kind of a fun way. And I've noticed that a lot of things that are, that are politically progressive in a traditional way tend to not hold up in, in, in the woke era because they don't, they aren't always like the original show was not progressive in an identity politics kind of way. Right. So, well, it was, it just weaved itself naturally. Like things did back then. You didn't have to have something shoved down your throat, whether it was all in the family, which, which I mean, was very blatant with how they did things and very just push it out there to the point of, you know, satire ridiculousness, but, in, but in a well-written way, or, and I, th I think family ties also from the eighties uh, as part of that Thursday night lineup that included fan, uh, night court at one point when NBC wasn't jockeying it all over the place, but you had progressive politics, but it was, it was a balanced thing. It, it wasn't shoving it down your throat. Right. It was weaved into the story in a certain way. You know, I mean, Harry was a, you know, he, he, you know, he said he was a registered Democrat, his character. And so he was, a, he was more of a, uh, more of a, not progressive, but more of a um, compassionate judge. And so that played into his character and how he acted. And a lot of times, there were situations that would put that to the test because we're talking about the worst lowlifes in New York city in, in, in the eighties. So it wasn't exactly, um, you know, the best, uh, environment to be, you know, touchy feely and playing this catch and release thing with criminals. So, uh, it, you know, it, it definitely weaved its politics into the story in an interesting way, but, um, but I mean, the, but the reality is, is that just, you know, being progressive in a traditional sense just doesn't, isn't enough in, in the woke era. You have to be progressive in the modern sense. And so you see the, you know, the cast picture from this new show and Dan Fielding, who's, who looks ancient is the only white guy in the whole cast, you know, so it's pretty obvious what, where, where this is going. So, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I'd like to be optimistic. The, the, the lead actress, I don't, I haven't seen her in anything else. She's, you know, she's well, big bang cool. theory. She had a good run on that show. Melissa Rouse. She's a yeah. fun. I, I like what I've seen her. And she was also good in that, uh, the gymnast uh, gymnastics movie where she played the washed up Olympian. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that. She, she, she is good. As, yeah. She comes off kind of quirky and, and, and pleasant, not like a, you know, not like a smug Mary Sue type character where she's just lording it over everybody, how awesome she is, which is refreshing. Uh, I just don't know how far that kind of, that kind of quirky personality is going to go here, whether, you know, uh, Harry, you know, uh, judge Harry was definitely quirky, but he had a lot of, a lot of heart and a lot of complexity. And I just don't know how well that's going to play out here. I guess we just, like you say, like, like Marty said, it just depends on the writing. So, yeah, and, 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 and what I want to know is how much brand recognition do you get from, I mean, we, we were teens or, you know, like, uh, we were young in the, in the eighties when that, in, when that came out and it's more mm -hmm. of our parents show generation and brand recognition how much weight does that carry when those numbers don't matter that much to hollywood or at least they traditionally don't at least not on a broadcast situation 
and I mean, just the Melissa Rauch, uh, Rauch, Rauch, I'm, I apologize. I should know how to say the last name, but, uh, beyond the big bang theory, like, you know, you're, you're a TV savvy guy, you're an entertainment savvy guy. And what more weight does she carry to get people to come watch this show? Right. I mean, you know, granted, you know, Harry Anderson wasn't a big star when that, that show came out, he had only been on uh, cheers and a couple other things, but he had, a, he just had a real larger than life personality. Uh, you know, he brought this kind of new Orleans cool and, uh, you know, and, and goofiness to the, to the role that was perfect. And it really made him a star. So, I mean, that could theoretically happen here. I, I don't know. I just, I'm not getting the same star wattage off of, off of her that I got off him, but I mean, that's just, um, that's just a first glance. So, yeah. And as with many things back then, it was a, like Cheers, where you know the spinoff car- uh, character from Harry came. It it was a great ensemble comedy, right? And how much do those exist anymore? Ensembles where it's just that that large dynamic outside of you know a Big Bang Theory, which yeah, is not more much, not much anymore. Yeah, it seems to be a rarity these days. And then with Quantum Leap which was another great show back in the nineties. So a little bit more of a modern update and, you know, whether it's re- reruns or, you know, just people seeing that, whether it's, you know, uh, any of the, uh, are able to, to bring that back to life uh, a little bit more, fr- a little fresher in people's minds. But Jim, you were telling me that that's already seen a precipitous drop in the, in its ratings. Yeah. I mean, that, so that show, I mean, it's got a, you know, a, a, a race swapped hero, which is fine, but, you know, he's Asian American now, but which is fine. But, uh, you know, from what I understand, it's a little more woke in the in the, the plot lines. I haven't seen them but from what I've heard. It's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, going back in time and preaching about how how bad everyone was back then and those kinds of things. And it's just not really catching on with audiences. And so the, the ratings have been pretty bad. But but I just read read an article saying that when, the, you know, it, the show took a break for the holidays and when it came back, it lost something like a million viewers from when it when it left and so i think a lot of people are seeing that as a you know disposable en- entertainment and not really worth sticking with so i don't think that show is going to last very long um again haven't seen it but uh just just my impressions from what i've read uh is that it's just very very trite and uninvolving and um just not not really clicking with people the way they obviously wanted it to well they're uh they're they kicked. They kicked it off with a bang, uh, so to speak. There, um, the 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 casting call is just unreal. Not hidden, not leaked. It was just the casting call, and specifically, um, uh, besides the main character, which you know sometimes it's just a different looking guy, and I don't I don't care much about that. That doesn't matter. But they specifically wanted for Al a a uh, non cis white male and also the, the head of security uh had to be a female uh minority specifically in the casting call they they've put this in here that this is who they want they want to make sure it's not a white man um they want to make sure it's a female in this one and then in the other one make sure it's non-binary a non-binary male i guess chief Ar- the chief architect it's so very specific and i'm not and this is just sad as we're recording this on the celebration of martin luther king dr martin luther king jr's birthday 
and we've lost one once again i i have this is just a, a, a huge thorn in my side as as a as a human being and, and uh we are no longer judging on content of character you're you're your identity politicking everything and making sure like Marty's saying, like the casting calls being very specific has to be this and it can't be a white guy or it can't it's we're judging on color of skin. We're, we're, and it's, it saddens me to no end. And, and again, it's the inspiration for this show. What brings us together? Not division. Well, yeah, no, it doesn't. That, that's, that's the definition of the word. And, uh, you say content of character. Well, that has a new definition now because you you can't hardly, you know, throw a rock and not hit somebody that's offended by something. So everybody has their idea of content of character. I mean, we live in a world now, the content of character, uh, the what, what people respect or what we're led to believe that the majority respects is off the rails. I mean, the president of the United States banned from Twitter, but ISIS, no problem. Um, that's, can you imagine our parents, you know? Well, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, he's he's banned from the New York Times, um, but here's a, you know, here's a story that uh, Khrushchev wrote. I, it, it's, it's, I it's amazing. I would not the Times and, to do that, though. <laughs> so to the, to the uh, content of character thing, it's almost like there's this, imitation made up thing that people respect. But if you ask everyone around you standing in any group of people, they would never say that that's what they respect. Uh, you know, uh, division and uh, calling out people because you don't agree with them and canceling them. Nobody would say, oh yeah, I'm for that. In any group you're in really, but it's being pushed as the norm. So, the dream is on thin ice, let me tell you. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, for, for decades, the goal was to have a society that was effectively colorblind, where we didn't see, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to say didn't see race, but we didn't see the differences uh, when it came to those things, because those were the things that were dividing us, was seeing each other that way. And now it's completely flipped. Once we Once people got into their head that there's, you know, systemic this and inherent white privilege that once, once people got into their heads that these things are inherently a part of who we are, then it completely flipped the script. And now it's now you now you literally will see leftists saying, um, well, if you see if you don't see race, then that's a racist statement to say you don't see race, you have to see race. And they seem to be saying, well, you know, racism divided us. Now we want to create a world where we're divided, but there's but there's no racism. And you can't divorce the two from each other, you know, you because they, they want they want white people to, you know, to be be on one side with their systemic privilege and be fixing that. And then they want everybody else to be on the other side where they're talking about how they're systematically oppressed. But, you know, the, but they can't really fix that either because that's not something you can fix. So, you know, they, they, they want the division to happen and they want to somehow take the racism out of it and keep us divided and that's somehow in a positive way. Like it doesn't make any logical sense, but that's their mindset at this point is they're pushing for the division, but they're trying to do it their way. Right. And until money is lost, Hollywood's going to continue to do what they're doing. And even, even with it being lost, they don't care. They just make their write-offs through the big yeah. corporate buyouts or the people behind the scenes who own the, the, the entertainment companies. 
Yeah, they have to lose a lot more money before they really wake up and kick all these activists out. Because, because which is what they are. They're not actually writers or filmmakers. They're just activists pretending to be those things. And those are the people you have to root out of these studios and just go back to pe hiring people that actually want to make money because right now they don't have those. They have activists and they lie to them saying, oh, well, this is going to make money. I guarantee you the people that were pushing this casting in Quantum Leap were saying, oh, you know, if you have to have a non-binary non character, then all the non-binary viewers and their allies will watch this. But they don't because they don't care. Well, Hollywood continues to live in their bubble where they think everyone has a relative in their households all across the country that fit these little mini definitions. That's not the case. And I, I don't, again, I don't care what somebody does is what, whatever. But if you want to make money and that's what Hollywood is show business, you've got to realize mm -hmm. that you are not going to be able to appeal to everybody in these little subsets. Right. As, and, as Dave and Chappelle said, Twitter is not the real world. <laughs> no, it's mad real world. <laughs> well, you know, you make an interesting point with the, you know, not everybody has someone like this in their family. Well, that's probably true. Well, let's just say it was. You still have the whole rest of the family that, while they love and respect that person, don't agree with them. And but we're pretending that if you or we're not, but. <laughs> The media and uh, Hollywood are pretending that if you have a cousin or sister or daughter or whatever, uh, your your uncle, somebody who is non-binary, gay, trans, whatever, that if you accept them for who they are and say, okay, well, you know, hey, what the hell, that's me. Live the way live the way you want to live. That's fine with me. Mm -hmm. That you've now signed off on all this other stuff, and that's just right. not the case. That's a whole segment of people who are like, no, I love that person and they're going to do what they're going to do, but I still want what I want. I still, I, that doesn't change me. And I think there's, a, like you said, the Hollywood's made a big mistake. They're, they're pandering to what they're trying to present as the majority or what most people think. And it's really just the loudest minority. And as we've learned from, say, Joe Rogan, uh, the, the, the gays, the gay community have a very loud voice, and I'm okay with that. I mean, sure. they took over the rainbow. I mean, that's a big move, and they own it. That's it. It's, it's you know. But so I think that they've gotten scared from this very loud voice, and they're just now responding to it. Like, oh, no, they're running the show now, when the majority of the country does not feel that way in any way. Even if, like you said, someone in their family happens to be trans or whatever. I, that doesn't necessarily make you want nonsense as a way to think. Well, look how many people walked out of, or all the stories of people walking out of Strange World, the, the, one of the latest Disney animated films. And it happened all over the country, uh, anecdotally. And it's... Uh, and the people, the, the younger generation can't understand that. Well, that's just, they're, they're, they get offended that someone else got offended. Well, you've got to, re, it's that two-way street that you've got to, you know, it's a matter of respect. And that's what I always liked about Modern Family as a show. It had all those agendas on the table, but nothing ever felt forced. And it recognized that there was another side to it. Yeah, that, it's, I guess it's the uh, erosion of uh, personal liberties all the way into our thought now. Right. If you think differently, 
No, you don't have that liberty either. You have to think the way the pack thinks, or at least the way it's being portrayed. Because I don't know about you guys, but you just, I don't, when I walk around in public, it's just not a sea of trans women and non-binary. It's just, that's not what I see. And you live in California. How isn't this happening? I So, yeah, so I, and everybody I talk to, or most people I talk to kind of have the same opinion. Like, no, I don't, I'm, I'm just me. I just want to have a nice life. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to cater to anybody. But when they, they start to control what you think and label it as, you know, you're not, you know, there's a liberty that you're going to lose. You, you can't think that way or you're going to be shunned. That's some scary territory yeah. for sure. Well, you know, I mean, well, get, getting back to, you know, the, the shows that are just the seeming reboot and reboot and reinterpretation, everything to a degree, not even to a degree. I mean, I think about Shakespeare who has been performances of Shakespeare's material has been done and reinterpreted for centuries now. So it's not like a reboot is inherently a bad idea. But at what point do the identity politics change that? And at what point do you just want to go messing with something that was kind of perfect or near perfect in the beginning, whether it was Gus Van Zandt redoing Psycho shot for shot or, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and Bloomhouse or Blumhouse. I, I like to bring that up. Well, that's, that's dovetailing into or spinning into uh, Bloom, is it Blumhouse. The, great with horror movies. They, they've actually made me somewhat of a horror fan with, with their, their productions. But I liked their Firestarter uh, film last year. Not, not a great movie, but not, God knows the original with Drew Barrymore wasn't great either. But I, I think it was a better interpretation. I think that, you know, sometimes the CG can be better done in the modern times. But now we've got Christine, another Stephen King adaptation on the horizon coming from Blumhouse. So I, I think it, it, sometimes you just have to wait and see what it might be. And I'm kind of contradicting myself in that, you know, well, might not be a bad thing, but at what point do we say, why can't we try something new? Yeah. You make a good point about the CG. I, I, I admittedly, I haven't seen the, the, the uh, Firestarter remake, but the original was not, a, you're right, it was not a very good movie, but uh, the ending was really scary and really yeah. intense. And one of the reasons is because it was real fire. I mean, I've read up on that. They had they had crew members like literally flinging fireballs at buildings and trying not to hit anybody. I mean, it feels real. It feels like re- like something that's really happening. And with with some exceptions, CGI is generally not scary in, in right. horror movies. I think and I'm a big fan of practical effects whenever possible in, in horror, because it's almost always, even when it looks kind of goofy, it's always almost always going to be scarier than CGI. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those visceral things. You just, um, you, you know, you just, you, you can't get it right. If it's all computerized, it just looks like a cartoon. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I like some of Blumhouse's stuff, but um, some of it I'm not so big a fan of. So it varies. It is weird you say that because uh, it's somewhere deep inside our monkey brain, even if it looks perfect, we somehow know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a weird thing. Danny Valley. Yep. Oh, and, and another Blumhouse uh, that I, I liked, and here it's, a, it's an update. I liked their Fantasy Island film hmm. with Michael, Michael Pena as uh, Mr. Rourke. 
thought I had a nice little twist at the end too. So again, sometimes it might be good. Sometimes it might not, but can't we at least try something? But again, but going back to night court uh, and, and uh, quantum leap, if you, if you push the envelope too far, what with the identity of politics and casting, well, we'll find out what happens with uh, so, night court. As I understand it, the night court is, um, it's not a reboot. It's a revival, right? It's a same, continuation, right? right? Yeah, right, right. So, uh, to uh, going to the lower cat, uh, to the lower cat uh, character, you're saying it kind of appeared like it things didn't that sort of lifestyle didn't work out too well for him. Is that what yeah, you're I saying? Mean, well, so basically, you know, in, in the original show, he's kind of a Lothario. You know, right. he's always, you know, he's always going after girls. Interestingly, in in the from from what I've seen, his ba- his backstory now is that he finally settled down and got married, and then his wife divorced him. So and it, so ah. he's basically just left in this kind of empty shell of a man. So that could be a setup for him to go back to his old corn dog ways. But I think more likely right. it's just a way of knocking him down to the you know last Jedi Luke Skywalker level where he's just this broken guy and that he needs you know he needs this woke woman to come in and, and give him a reason to live. Um, you know, I, you know, it remains to be seen whether he's, we'll, we'll see the old Dan Fielding or not. I, I just don't think that screenwriters have the guts to do that nowadays. I think it would be entertaining if they did, because he would be such a, um, an anachronism today. It'd be almost be like, um, you know, like a grand Torino situation where he's just this kind of old fashioned old man, completely out of his, out of his depth. I think that would actually be, there's a lot of comic potential there, but I don't think they have the guts to do it, which a lot of comedy nowadays, you could say that is there's potential, but they don't have the balls to do it. So, well, have you have either of you guys checked out Reboot yet on Hulu? Because of, of all things, it just be so blatantly named Reboot. It's actually damn funny, and it handles what you're saying, Jip. They do have the guts to write about it. And on one side of the writing room, you've got the new woke generation. There's a gay guy. There, there's a bi. There, it's, it's, and they're making fun of that. But, but in you know, in in the and then on the other side of the room, you've got the old school writers who just their their jokes are you know it's the old Zucker method, just throwing everything at the wall, and their sexist jokes, and and you find that balance in the room. So I think that they there can be something to be found in modern writing, but that's a Hulu show. Whether or not a traditional network like NBC will allow it, again, it remains to be seen. So I I, I think that. Um, uh, we may need to revisit this in a couple of weeks if we can stomach watching a few of these episodes, if they're good or bad. Well, right. I, I want to make a, a quick comment on the sort of woke uh, kind of shoehorning in certain characters of certain race or gender or proclivity, whatever. Um, and it's just being horrible. They, they forgot to make a good show. Shit's Creek is a perfect example ah. of, of, yeah, there was a gay guy, and a lot of it was about his relationship with another guy, and it none of it felt forced. Nope. It just felt like a show that there happened to be a gay guy on, and it there was it was you you can do it. it you can just ignore, and this is what we're supposed to do, right? Go well, who cares if he's gay, right? That's supposed to be the, you know, you it's no different than anybody else, yet. They keep forcing it and forcing it and making it different. Um, that show perfectly showed that, yeah, so what you're saying is everyone's equal and no one cares and just make a show. And I thought it was brilliant. That was, I mean, he Absolutely. was a really good character 
it didn't matter. I didn't really care that he was attracted to men. It wasn't even a, I, it, I don't know. I hardly know. I, I mean, obviously I noticed, but it just, I don't know. I just well, wanted to comment on how well that was done. Well, it goes back to what you said at the start of the show. It comes down to good writing. And that was great writing on Shit's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's been so far so good. Season one of Reboot. Great writing. Great performances. Just make a show. I'll have to check that out. I mean, the gay the, the gay thing felt a little bit forced when they initially went with it, but then it just it just evened out by the by the it again. I highly I highly highly recommend reboot. It's got a whole bunch of uh oh, let's see, Paul Reiser, Judy Greer, uh Keegan Michael Key. It, it's definitely a show worth checking out. Not Keegan so. Michael Key is one of the funniest people alive, so I'll de- I'll have to check it out just for that reason alone. Yeah, he's he's funny. I, I still get a kick out of the fact, and you know, uh, and yes, folks, every show can relate back to Penn State for me. Keegan Michael Key and Ty Burrell were both uh, in the same grad acting class at Penn State. Those two guys working together on the same campus. We are homers. <laughs> <laughs> on occasion, yes. All right, fine, every day. But uh, standing in the sitting in the shadows of my uh, my Beaver Stadium picture. So. Uh, but I, I want to wrap up with a show that I, I brought up earlier, uh, which to me had one of the greatest, and it's, it's generally recognized as one of the greatest series finales of all time, just the way they wrap things up on Justified. And they're bringing it back this summer with a standalone miniseries type thing. I think it's an eight-episode eight uh, arc, I think is what they're going with. Uh, but it's Justified CD Primeval based off of uh, Elmore Leonard's City Primeval novel from the early 70s, early 80s. And Raylan Givens was a minor character in that book, but they bumped him up. They, they changed it around so that you, know, you can bring back Timothy Oliphant. Who wouldn't want to bring back Raylan Givens? But from what I understand, not a whole lot of uh, cast members from the original. There's going to be some Easter eggs uh, references as, as the story shifts up to Detroit. But what? You know, just a continuation of a story, much you know, kind of like Night Court is a continuation of care of the at least you know the the setting and the the Dan Fielding character being alone from that one, at least all that we've seen from uh, the commercials so far in the trailers. But uh, Justified, as great as that was, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what 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 are you what are your guys' thoughts? I hope it's good. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh... I don't know if Graham Yost is involved in, in, in this version. I'm, I'm assuming he is because it's kind of his baby uh, that show is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's always been pretty fairly politically incorrect, not just with Justified, but pretty much everything he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's at, at a point in his career where he doesn't really care about kissing anybody's ass. So I think he's probably going to do it his way. I don't think it'll be anywhere near as, as wild as the original show was, but I think by 2023 standards, it'll be... Uh, it'll be pretty politically incorrect. And I think, uh, and I don't think that Timothy Oliphant, who I've never really gotten a beat on where he stands politically, but I, I don't think he would come back for a show that, that stomped all over the original in terms of tone and, and how it treats the characters. So um, I think the fact that some of the same people are coming back bodes well. Um, you know, I don't think any of them just need a paycheck. So I think that uh, the fact that they're coming back means it's, it's worth it. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, never going to be the same without Nick, but, uh, you know, yeah. uh, but, uh, I think, uh, it's going to be worth watching for sure. Deputy chief, Art Mullen, Rachel, Tim, 
we will miss you all, but you know, definitely. And, and Walton Goggins, it's it, yeah. God, the show is just, it, it remains awesome. There, it, there, there's a reason I watch it again and again and again, but, uh, and, and to my point earlier about, um, the idea that we all, the, the majority has this woke feeling and every, all of us redneck Trumpers, uh, need to get on board with progressive thinking and we're all just a bunch of, you know, we're, um, what is it? What the, the, anyway, I don't want to say it. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I will say this though. Um, it is good to see. And here's a good example. Yellowstone, an alpha male, absolute alpha male doing alpha male things. It was a well-written show and it got great reviews and it got great ratings. Why? Because we're not all woke. Because we're not all that. We like what we like. And, th- and there's a well-written show that proved it. And before that, Justified was another one that was just, hey, here's a just a badass alpha dude doing masculine things. And that's perfectly fine. Yep. I, yeah, I think the absolute worst thing that could have happened to Hollywood, honestly, in its entire history, is that the people involved paid attention to Twitter. And they, they bought into the lie that, that Twitter represented, not just Twitter, but social media in general, represented what how the majority of people felt. And not, not just in terms of like being, being all pro-woke, but also uh, cancel culture and that fear of cancel culture. I think that one-two punch just completely ruined, and helped by the Me Too, obviously. I think that one-two punch just completely ruined the creative inst- instincts of Hollywood. And it gave them a reason to make the propaganda that a lot of them secretly wanted to make and under the belief that it was going to sell. Uh, and so they, you know, they, because they believe that, that a lot more Americans were woke than, than were coming out in public and saying just, just, uh, just people on Twitter. So at this point, I mean, there've been so many woke failures that it's been proven wrong time and time and time again, but, it's already moved in that direction and Hollywood is such a hive mind. It's going to take a long time for them to really turn it around, turn it around and accept that, that people are not buying what they're selling. You know, show you need a lot more shows like Yellowstone and justified and a lot more Tulsa King, Tulsa King. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's bright spots like that, but it's just, uh, you know, they they, they still seem to be buying this delusion that if we keep pushing the woke stuff, eventually people will just start buying it and buying it. And, well, uh, the left does believe in the long game, so yeah, don't see them quitting anytime soon. Exactly. Right, and they do have you do have the advantage of the people that are the most woke are usually younger. So if they hang around long enough, all us curmudgeons will die off, and then they'll have the audience they want. Except That's that the they'll theory. be all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, if that I don't, I think that signals a uh, a good way to wrap this this baby up here on all over the place. Oh, and... that, yeah, that was the alarm. I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Put it on you next time. Uh, time, time. Time has been called here on all over the place at Podbean. So, guys, this I I love talking this stuff, and uh, let, let's keep in the fingers. Cr- I'm, I'm even going to keep the fingers crossed for Night Court. Cause that was such a great show uh, and remain t- still remains a great show watching that in reruns, checked it out recently to, and uh, yeah, it's Hollywood. Please, please do us right more often than not, or at least try to. So, but we will be at, and uh, next week, 
we have guests are coming back in 2023 folks and i think i do believe we're gonna have one of them with us next week i won't say who i'll just say it's music it's time for music again on all over the place so thanks as always everybody for listening in and jim marty thanks for as always for being around and uh love the conversations guys and we'll be back next week with more take care everyone